0: DJ Kavum is an activist, educator, and vegan chef whose eco-hip-hop has become a global movement. He has rapped about climate change, food justice, and plant-based foods everywhere from his hometown in Denver to the Obama White House. His award-winning album, The Produce Section, fuses hip-hop with lessons on eco-friendliness. And his most recent project is Biomimics, an EP and seed pack of kale, arugula, and beets which are the precursors to a full length album packed with recipes on how to prepare meals with those vegetables come harvest. Here at Raise Green, we value art as a medium for expression and impact, especially in the realm of climate justice, which is why we are incredibly happy to have him on our podcast. Uh, Fran, let's give him a call.
1: All right. I think we got him on the line. DJ Kaven, we got you.
2: Peace, love, blessings. What's happening,
0: y'all? What's up, world? All right. What's up, what's up? OK, so, you know, Be Healthy by Dead Prez is a song that turned me on to hip hop about 20 years ago. They say, what you, you are what you eat, so I strive to eat healthy. My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy, because true wealth comes from good health and wise ways. We got to start taking better care of ourselves. Uh, there seems to be a long history of vegan hip-hop. Can you cite any other influential songs, lyrics, or thinkers for our listeners? Definitely, man. You
2: know, um, thank you for the acknowledgement. You know, I grew up listening to KRS-One. I grew up listening to, you know, A Tribe Called Quest. So, like, you know, KRS-One is not a vegan, you know what I mean? But I do know he was, like, for sure... Influential for a lot of vegan hip hop artists who were like wanted to talk about the beef lyrics when he wrote that song beef. It just highlighting the you know the industrialized ways of how food is brought to Americans. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people really weren't hip on like the animal cruelty, and so he put it down on wax. Next thing I you know, I saw a Green Eggs and him by a tribe called Quest. Word on the Street, Common is Vegan, Erica Badu, you know what I'm saying, Andre 3000. So that whole era and the same clique and community around Dad press, who, you know what I mean, I already know. Like, it was so important because a lot of them were influenced by people like Dick Gregory, like Queen of Four, La, uh, La Leo Africa, you know what I mean, who really brought that foundation that you see you know, more currently present in the late, great Nipsey Hussle, referencing, you know, Dr. Sebi. And so, like, when you think about it, environmental hip-hop has always had its place, you know what I mean? Marvin Gaye wrote a song called Mercy Me that talked about environmental waste, right? But then you also have to, like, acknowledge, you know, people really trying to get back to the earth, like, Arrested Development had a song called, people play with dirt, right? you know what I mean? Like, it was, in a, it was like, so important for them to, like, also bring that in the Native Tongues conversation. So I'm a product of my ancestors. That's for sure. And I remember when Talib Kwali dropped Black Gold, but there was always artists who had those singles because they were signed to major labels, so they couldn't really drop so much all the time. They couldn't be as consistent for the movement and the activism. And then you had artists like Dad Press who were, caring about getting shelved or blackballed and not getting any airplay. So, you know, it is a development, it is a conversation of transformation for artists to speak their mind. Um, but definitely for the ones who have always been on it, they just really weren't, they weren't worried about um, being on the radio. You know what I mean? Artists like Public Enemy where there was more duality. You, had, you have more biodiversity in the, in the radio and the hip hop industry. You know what I'm saying? To so where now it's just kind of like, you know, a little homogenized. Everybody has their own perspective, but they still trying to do it like others. You know what I mean? So, where you know, I, I got to give, I got to give mad respect to like, you know, DP for sure. Like, you know, doing what they can doing the Let's Get Free album. And shout out to the, to Prodigy, you know what I mean, who, who ended that song with some words of wisdom who is not with us right now because he died from sickle cell. There's a lot of artists who I grew up listening to who you would think would have died by the gun. Like, it's just so crazy to see how, you know, we really have to do a lot to redefine the image of wealth and health. And uh, since around like 2002, I've been doing this work. I went on tour with Dead Prez when they dropped the Let's Get Free album. And like, we really closely with, with M1 and Stick. Those are my mentors, my brothers. We got songs together you know, you know, literally all that RBG fake club since the beginning, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a product of my ancestors. That's for they sure. Say. <laughs> they say you are what you eat. So I strive to eat healthy. My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy. But true wealth come from good health and wise ways. We got to start taking better care of ourselves. They say you are what you eat, so I
1: strive yeah, to eat I mean, healthy Yeah, I mean my goal life Huge, not huge be rich props wealthy. for pushing this stuff so so, so hard, man. And, and um didn't even realize how how far back you go on this. So that's that's enormous and super, super cool, awesome stuff. Um and so, you know, how do you how do you believe as an artist um, that your work is able to address the climate crisis in a way that other forms of education and activism uh, can't? Because, you know, I, I when I listen to your music, it, it gives me such hope that uh, we can we can translate a message of uh, you know environmentalism and and responsible and uh, you know. And, and healthy ways of life uh, a, across a, a much broader audience than than the environmental movement has been able to. Uh, how do you see that, uh, those forms of education and activism being transcended by what you're doing?
2: Hey man, art for social change is important. You know, I feel like I've been vegan for over what, 21, 22 years. I was going to the Asian market back in the day couldn't find nothing but a lemon in a liquor store growing up in the hood. For sure wouldn't find anything fresh. And had to go hella far and take like three different buses to find something organic. So like when you think about it, I grew up in a community that was completely food desert. I wanted to address it. You know what I mean? I was a farmer. I had my first my, one of my first jobs was a landscaping job. I was trying to make some money. I wanted to buy, you know, my own car. You know what I mean? Grew up dealing with, you know, poverty in my own way from, you know, living in a community that didn't have that much access. And so I grew up with, you know, bits of homelessness in my childhood. So thinking about what that meant to me, food was so important. I started to grow it. I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't associate it with poor people. I disassociated it. they like, yo, I'm hungry, so I'm going to do it. I started selling it out of farmer's market. I saw most of my homies who was selling stuff too, but they they didn't write music about it. I was like, great, I'm gonna write music about selling greens. And next thing you know, you know, I dropped the album called The Teacher's Lounge. I have to drop it with one before that called um, it was called Deep Rock, de- dedicated to a, a water a water company in my old neighborhood that was pumping out of the ogalagua Aquifer. I dropped a song called Work for You with Dead Press, and um, we ended up like touring some of that, and then I went back to school to educate because I wanted to like you know, you know really wanted to get it in an and like get back to the youth. You know what I mean? So did, did some college there, got my own uh, permaculture design degree, did some other projects around agronomy, studied overseas, you know on um on indigenous agriculture. Taught at three different primary schools. Came back added that to an album concept and um, started really riding on environmental, culinary, climate action. At the same time, selling food at a farmer's market. I just got a new plot growing on the rooftop in the square ready to grow and glow. I know, I
1: know, I know. It makes it so clear that, you know, you, you're Wrapping from a place of experience here, you know, Sprout That Life. Uh, I didn't realize that that you're actually, you know, you, you have been spending your years, uh, literally, uh, you know, farming and selling greens. Um, so that's, that's super, super awesome. Um, and, and with Sprout That Life, you included seed packs for kale, beets and arugula. So we wanted to ask you uh, how you picked those seeds and uh, are those the most nutritious and easiest to grow? Or was there any rationale uh, behind behind those specific seed types? Are those your, your favorites?
2: So the Biomimics
1: album was uh, a
2: project that was birthed out of the plant-based records mentality. We were just trying to show people how to make you know, some fresh. How electric the food is when you eat healthy, using food as medicine. And growing up in the hood, I wanted people to have something they can plant all year. Kale, you can do the you can do fall harvest with that. You know what I'm saying? The beets, you can go ahead and plant that and pull it up in the winter time. You know what I'm saying? And the arugula grows pretty fast and it's micronutrient dense. So I'm trying to get people on on the skills. You know what I mean? And um, the goal is is that we dealing with Culinary climate action. We need to sequester carbon in urban atmospheres. So I figured like, we should just create our own dealers. I mean, it's no different than the way that the CIA flooded the whole hood with crack cocaine. Well, then I'm gonna flood the hood with a gang of seeds and see if we can start selling that too. So so that's exactly what I did. I started flooding the squad. I started sending organic seeds out to people. I did um, an album listening party at the giant stadium for some high schoolers and some middle schoolers. They got tower gardens and and on the dugout garden, trying to show youth in the Bay area, urban farming, and what that looks like. My goal was to really inspire them and give them a space to actually to grow. So in between dropping the album, I was doing culinary climate action cooking workshops, going to the farmer's market right the day before my workshop, and literally showing people traceable source organically grown food and using it with copper wire to conduct electricity and make beats and perform live and direct in those workshops for that presentation because the produce section was one. That was to get people to eat out of the produce section. Well, this next album was to get people to actually use what they have and save their seeds and grow it. Electricity and make beats and perform live and direct in those workshops for that pre- presentation because the produce section was one. That was to get people to eat out of the produce section. Well, this next album was to get people to actually use what they have and save their seeds and grow it. A lot of people didn't know how to do the preparation. So I was like, all right, I need to do some cooking classes, you know? So I started recipes for resistance um, I put that project up together with my brother, Brian Terry. He's another world-renowned vegan chef. He wrote a book called Afro Vegan and another one called The Vegetable Kingdom, available everywhere right now. We partnered up and did this presentation at the Smithsonian Museum. I'm based in between Denver and the Bay. So like, you know, that's I'm super wild, wild west. And this is how I am, you know what I mean? So I was like, look, bro, like, let's just go to get the food popping. We're gonna get people growing and then we'll show them how to prepare it. And so I've been able to like, originally not sell my seeds in record stores. or were more in boutiques, um, distributed for free in nonprofits, uh, available in like museums and bookstores and not really go the average, you know, plastic petroleum based product route. My goal was to like put a QR code on the back of the packet People can go to the online content and find more than just music. Cooking classes, composting workshops, you know, waste diversion ideas on how they can apply this to their family. And really taking that to the hood because the BIPOC communities were missing out on the same access of sustainability when it comes to like the whole dichotomy of what it looks like in our community. You know, it just seems like you know, the only people really going green is just white people and there. You didn't, didn't really see it uh, being as diverse as it really it actually is, you know? And so uh, that was the goal with the album biomimics Mimics, dropping in on packet seats, putting it in the hood so people know what's up, and then creating kale dealers instead of drug dealers. You know what I'm saying? And that was Right the goal. on,
0: man. Right on. It's the, it's, it brings new meaning to selling greens, yeah? Yeah.
1: that's that's transformative that it truly is and i mean you got you got a lot of bangers um and one that really caught my ear was your track uh one for the hood where you rap about california wildfires smoking out the air it's super super powerful track um and one one quote you drop in that is um water's hella foggy city pockets full of flint no solar panels in the hood still paying rent." and the, the first bar seems like a reference to the Flint water crisis, but it's the, se- it's the second bar I wanted to ask you about uh, in, in relation to what you just said. So have you found environmentalism to be something that's more of a luxury for wealthier and wider communities? And have you, have you seen that movement recently uh, shift away from that with, with your work and, and the emergence of greater awareness around environmental justice? Yeah. I mean, there's always a carbon tax.
2: Yeah. There, there's always a carbon tax that's going to be addressed with that. You know what I mean? I feel like in the community that I'm from, you know, because there's a lot of like cellophane, mylar bag, corner store, non-recyclable products that are heavily, highly processed in the communities. It's lacking organic options. It's lacking green spaces and waste diversion and like wellness opportunities like yoga and a lot of things in a lot of communities of color. And when gentrification slowly starts to happen is when you start to see it, you know what I mean? So uh, my goal was to like, you know, redefine that with our community by bringing those lucrative green job businesses that are green jobs without just cleaning up oil in the Gulf. You know what I mean? Or like crackheads recycling for like a $10 tin can. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. Like I've seen all so many different things. Like recycling in the hood does look like, you know, the homeless community doing it because recycling plants back in the day, we didn't have the purple bins outside of our, our uh homes and stuff like that. It was just like people going through the trash can looking for uh recyclables. And so like it has changed. Um, it has opened up our eyes to like, you know, people are growing food to eat organic. You know, not because they're trying to sell it and make a buck, but to be literally because that is just what, you know, is ingrained in them to do to actually live. And so it's like when it comes to solar panels, bro, it's no different. You know what I mean? There are some states will get will pay you back for that offset carbon. But then at the same time, there's communities who are missing access because they may not be homeowners or they might not have the permission from their, um, you know, government housing to go about that. So there's a lot of petitions. There's a lot of people interested in renewable energy. You know what I mean? Freaking magnetic batteries. You know, all oh, you can go down a line with Tesla energy. But you know, I think more people are uh, are actually shifting more towards a green economy for those green jobs. Weatherization has always been hip, but at the same time, the people who are putting those together. A lot of times don't look like the people who live in a community, no different than our migrant workers who come here to work with us and show us all the love of being stewards of the land, but still not receiving that same uh, ethical uh, and humanitarian support for like anything that has to do with health care. So I've been always advocating towards like, you know, food justice, environmental justice in the hood to create those green jobs that are just like cleaning up waste in and like, you know. Issues that weren't caused by the people, but definitely more corporatization and, and lack of accountability that is placed on the people. You know what I'm saying? All I need now is water, water, All I need now is
0: water, All I need now is water, All I need now is water. water. Yeah, well, I mean, man, these days people can't hide. And, you know, it's because of the power of, you know, lyrics like yours and and a whole network of, of people around around the world, indigenous, uh, oppressed, who are rising up, and you know they're holding people accountable, and that's what's going to be the real driver to change, you know. And you know the work we do is trying to connect all of these people that talk big about doing something to say, look, put your money where your mouth is, fund projects like these gardens, you know, fund projects like these organic uh, co-ops in in neighborhoods that that don't have access. And you know, I did want to. I have one more question, but first I wanted to tell you that. Uh, so we, uh, we're going to buy a few copies of your EP and give them away on our Instagram so we can spread those seeds all over the country, man. So, um, I did want to say, you know, in your new track water, which is awesome, by the way, man, I love the vibe on that. You know, you say, all I need now is water. We all need time to grow. And I was wondering, you know, you as a person, you know, as an individual, you know, how are you growing now? Wow. Right now, I'm growing people, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I practice
2: growing food, you know? I got daughters that are born at home on full moons, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like growing their minds are just as important as like me trying to focus on growing any other seed. So I've been trying to grow the community around them, you know, educate the young men and women and, and everybody in between, you know what I mean, on how to create community cooperative economics and the ideas of like, you know, indigeneity, applying that ancient wisdom to addressing present problems, my man. A lot of people don't know how to use food as medicine. There's a lot of responsibility being taken away from people who want to just put their health in the hands of, you know, people who really practice, you know, they're not perfect. They're practitioners, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like we have the knowledge And we have, you know, the structure and the biological makeup to heal ourselves using our mind, using our manifestation. And it's deeper than just the food. You know what I mean? We have to get back to the sun, get back to the soil, get back to the elements. And once we start applying that AU, that, that mental gold, you know what I mean? We'll be able to like align that with our pineal gland. So I've been on some whole other like spiritual enlightenment, really been trying to like you know, hug a tree, homie. Trying to like plant more seeds with the gangsters. You know, trying to get more people more in alignment with them, with themselves. Trying to help elders transition so they can actually not compromise the future for young people. And it's been um, it's been a conversation of like redefining the image of wealth, not only through consumerism but through conscious consumption of our ideas, spiritually as well as physically. You know what I mean? So I've been doing a lot of um, you know decalcifying of not only of like the the pure indoctrination that we get in society but really trying to reframe and regrow you know what it means to like be healthy you know what I'm saying and and I think mental health is just as important as uh, our physical biological makeup in science itself so like yeah my man you know putting putting that ancient wisdom to address present problems. Right now, I'm, I'm writing a new album called Concrete Garden. I'm flipping bodegas in the East Coast for a project called Plant Um, I'm working on a cooking show called Decolonize Your Kitchen. And the whole concept around that is providing more than what I've ever done. I feel like we have to remember you know, that we've already been green. Canteens aren't new. Going to the recycling and and and, and like going to the thrift store is not new. You know what I'm saying? And like we just gotta just you know really reprogram and reassert. Recycle, reduce, reuse. Remember that we already been green and that our ancestors have already done this. And we just need to kind of get out of the way of nature. You know what I'm saying? And stop watching the water boil and stop watching the seeds grow and just let it do its own thing. You know what I mean? So I'm all about um, accountability nowadays, bro. And, you know, trying to move away from the institutionalized nonprofit industrial complex to the institution, institutionalized, you know, um, prison industrial complex, which is still in the mind. It's not in the physical sense. You know what I mean? It's getting away from this technology. It's trying not to be as virtual, being present, going to the mountains, drinking water, all this is in alignment with uh, with our ancestral knowledge. And uh, as we start getting more in tune with that, that's how we can stay real G'd up from the feed up. Cheat up, homie, you gotta stay cheat up. And uh, you know, that yoga helps too, player. We
0: just gotta remember, man. We just gotta remember it's in us. Hey, man, I am because you are, we are because they weren't, so it is, bro. So it is.
1: Yeah. But, uh man, so great to so great to connect with you and uh incredibly supportive of your work. You're you're a visionary, uh, but you're putting putting that vision to work and changing people's lives, I think, in the process. Um so, so more power to you and and keep keep up the amazing work, speaking truth to power, holding folks accountable. Uh, just love it. So thanks so much for sharing some time with us and and dropping some wisdom.
2: Om Shanti, homie, Om Shanti. Namaste.
1: Namaste. Uh,
0: I really appreciate your time. I love this ancient wisdom to present problems. You know, uh, we're big fans and uh, really appreciate all the work that you're doing and uh, wish you blessings and and, and just pr- keep praising that art, man. Right here.
2: Hey, hey. We must cultivate the earth. Coke will make the earth plant seeds Better take it, take it